to kind of kick kick off this conversation and like I said I want to invite you on this journey uh that the Lord has been taking me over these last two and a half years and and I was I was sharing this with Pastor Priji a bit yesterday and I said you know uh thank you for allowing me to kind of have this freedom to speak uh on on what God is kind of taking us through and yesterday what I shared with you a couple of stories that was that was just like a kind of letting you into help you understand what Jesus is doing. I love how Christ works. You know, I I know we have the Bible. I know we have the stories that are mentioned in the Bible. I know we have the life of the disciples and the apostles and some amazing stories, but you know what we have? The church that is alive and well today. And and yes, we are we are asked to prescribe to the word, but we are also following the Holy Spirit. who who kind of takes us from the word and make sure that the word comes alive through you and through me you know and that's what excites me about faith is that faith is not limited just to the words that are written over there but the expression of faith can be new in every juncture and every season of your life and i believe as we have stepped into a new year god is keen to make sure that you have a new expression of faith this year you have a new expression of evangelism this year you have a new expression of all that jesus wants to unlock in you and through you but but i want to start off by 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 laying a problem in front of us that stands even today somebody say there's a problem at hand now some of you i don't know if you guys are with me on this when i said the statement but just for the sake of this conversation say it again there's a problem at hand have you okay the ladies i know the obvious answer uh men how many of you have ever gone shopping <laughs> why are the ladies laughing i've not even completed the question uh have you ever gone shopping with your sister with your wife with your mom or any lady in your family when it comes to indian wear yeah. right okay just just for a specific context how many of you have been on this journey it is a journey because uh <laughs> when when it comes to shopping the the classic indian saree right okay one hand i'm sure that's that's the hand of a husband uh right husband right okay all you gen z's and millennials will get there you know those are who are smiling at pastor vijay right now wait for another 5 7 years all the guys when your wife wants to pick up the indian saree and takes you shopping you'll know exactly this moment that i'm talking about right now now for context out of all the weird stories that i can pick the reason i'm talking about this is this is true story that happened in our in our family one of our distant relatives this is how you keep things vague right when you're giving an illustration because i know this is getting streamed and just if one random time this stream gets captured in my family the the conversation on christmas dinners and get togethers is not going to be very pleasant it's not going to be filled with grace you know it's going to be back in the days of the old testament where it's going to be fire brim and hailstone and you know but but just for the sake of this illustration be with me uh there's this one relative in our in our family true story i'm not making this up uh every time she would pick up a sari it's a track record <laughs> within 7 days she would go back 
and exchange. Am I connecting with someone? Am I vibing with someone here? True story. Now, I don't know, I don't know what, what, what the logic is. I don't know what, what it means. Like, I don't know what had happened. I don't know if the devil lied to her or, uh, or, the, or the salespeople were too good. Like, you know, just killing it with their sales offers. I don't know what it was. But, but what I did not understand is, okay, you do it once, I understand. You do it twice, I understand. You do it 12 times, I understand. But every time, how can that be possible? Why are you guys looking at this table? I don't know what's happening. Am I missing out something over here? Oh. Are you, I was just going to ask you, are you, are you the long last cousin or, or a descendant of that auntie? But man, I used to wonder, I was like, God, how can this happen? And, and there's this joke that used to go around in the family that, hey, if you're going sari shopping, don't come up with some reason so that you don't have to go with that auntie anymore. And, and I was like, man, this is, this is crazy. And, and, and then, I, then I came to people like, who love shopping at these fast fashion brands, Zara, H&M, and everything, right? How many of you have taken advantage of the 30-day return policy? All the rest of you stop lying. Okay? It's, it's, it's amazing how they have these lenient policies and everything, and, and a, one day there's college guys. College guys come up with the best hacks ever, right? Uh, <laughs> They're like, bro, I've got this idea. This college dude who used to hang out at my place. He's like, I go, I go to H&M and Zara almost every now and then. Pick it up. Wear it for a... Wear it for a if, if. Damn, man. This, I think this girl has done all those tricks and hacks, right? You wear it. You wear this one evening. Wear it for a party. Just make sure you don't sweat a lot. Uh, you know, you, you, you... And then you go back and you return it. And I was like, dude, like, what is wrong with you, man? Why would you do this? He's like... It's the best hack ever. And, and, and there are those situations and those criteria as well. But there are those people who genuinely pick up clothes at a store. And, and, and most of them are like Christians, right? Like you guys. <laughs> who, who genuinely find something missing or find something at fault from the time you've tried something on and, and kind of go back and see that the same Apparel in your house looks so different. Has anybody felt that way? Yeah. Right? <laughs> the, the, I mean, man, when you guys were trying it on in that brand or in that store, you guys were like, man, I've got swag. And then you come back home and it's like, okay, what happened? Did the mirror change? Did my body structure change? Or like, the swag is gone. And I was like, you're trying to wonder what in the world just happened. Now, if you're wondering, all those who joined us for the first day today, what is this guy talking? Is this guy nuts? I was told this is a revival and dreamers <laughs> conference. It's a setup, right? That's the problem that we have at hand. The Jesus that you talk about, when people receive that Jesus in a setting like this, when they go back with this Jesus that you've spoken about and try to apply 
and fix and, and kind of put the principles and the teachings of God in their real world, they're not able to put that block together. And, and, and the worst part is they can't even go back and exchange. Because who are they going to come back to? Because we have, we have done our conference. We have done our part. We have said, go into all the world. Tell the good news. Uh, teach them. Baptize them. And then boom, everything is gone. How are they going to come back and exchange the, the Jesus that they have received with so much of passion and so much of excitement? They came to the conference. They tried it on. They looked all glam. The glory was there. Everything looked so fantastic. But back in on a Monday morning, when they have to go back to their work and they are still struggling at their work, when they have to go back and sit in that one-on-one -on -one meeting at work and they are still struggling, when they come back home, they have the same financial struggles, they have the same emotional burden, they have the same arguments going on in the house. How in the world is the Jesus that they have received at a conference or a setting on a Sunday matches to the Christ that they want to apply in their life? Are you guys seeing the problem at hand? And as leaders, as, as, as people who are carrying the vision of God, as people who have a burden to see our land being impacted by the message of the gospel, it is important that we address this problem. It is important that we address this problem that just sharing the good news, just speaking the good news is not enough. It's time that God raise up people and it is his desire to raise up people who model the good news man the easiest thing to do is share the good news oh, it went quiet all of a sudden man uh, i don't have any more jokes on my auntie right so can you make sure you guys are still with me in this room i said the easiest thing to do is to share the good news how about modeling out the good news? Anybody willing to sign up for that? And, and what I want to talk to you uh, this, this afternoon is this, this journey, like I said, that the Lord has been taking me and this, our, our entire community on. And I want to kind of uh, bring it out to you in this perspective. I want to share with you on the fabric of evangelism. The fabric of evangelism. You see, for, for so many times... Whenever we, we start or we have this hunger and this passion to, to, to get the good news out, we kind of have, most of the times, if not always, an alienated view about the gospel. A, a, a secluded view about the gospel. A secluded experience about the gospel. It's, it's either Jesus, it's either this or that kind of a gospel that we talk about. It's either this, you need to do this and you can't do this. You need to do this, you need to behave like this. And it becomes a checklist. The gospel is not a checklist, my friend. The gospel is a way to our life. The gospel is our life. And, and if, if you and me want to be carriers of this message, it is, it is important that the church of today and the church for the future carries a holistic message of the gospel. Somebody say a holistic message. It's, you can't, because you and me are not living in a time where people are going to subscribe to a secluded message. 
See, there's enough of information out there for people to go back and refer to. And sometimes what we speak from our mouth, what we try to say with our words, does not even have the capacity and the capability to make an impact with what's happening in, in the lives of people right now. So we need to model the gospel message. We need to model the love that Jesus spoke about. We need to model the grace that was displayed through the scriptures. We need to model the, the, the life of holiness, the life of righteousness that has been spoken about in the scriptures. So what I'm trying to do today is not trying to tell you that it's all about works. But I think we have falsified this narrative that, oh yeah, works are not important and everything. Can we just balance it out? Can we learn to balance that works are also important in the eyes of God? Man, you look at the lives of disciples, they worked hard. They worked hard. They didn't have access to Indigo. They didn't have access to Uber. The only Uber that they had was those donkeys who were like rarely available for most of the times. They worked hard, man. Yesterday I spoke to you about the, the, the journey that, that Jesus and his disciples had to take from to, to get to the other side. Uh, I, I was just reading it up. Apparently it was about 30 plus miles or something that they had to walk. About 20 plus kilometers that they had to walk. And sometimes even more. So, so don't talk to me about the gospel that is filled with shortcuts. It's not. Hard work as a leader for you is not an option. Diligence is not an option. Excellence is not an option. You and me cannot represent a gospel that is so flawed that people are going to mock you behind your back. Because you yourself are not modeling out the excellence that is found in the gospel. So every time when we take this responsibility to, to share and to carry the message of the gospel, I want to ask yourself, are you processing your individual life through the lens of diligence, through the lens of excellence, through the lens of what Jesus is modeling out? See, Jesus was simple in a lot of ways, but he did not compromise on excellence. Jesus kept his way simple. He told his disciples, travel light. But that did not mean you don't travel at all. That did not mean you escape and, and kind of sit back and, and kind of just lean back and, and consume everything on, on the digital platforms that's happening. It's time for you to get out of the house. I know there's a time for live stream. There's a time for uh, consuming content on digital. And no offense for the people who are joining us on live stream. Uh, please continue watching, right? But, but what I'm trying to tell you is that is not an excuse. And, and if you and me have to reimagine evangelism for the church of the future, we need to reimagine some of the ways how we are putting across things. And, and like I said, right, the problem that, we're gonna, that we have at hand can be addressed. So I'm, I'm not just here to bash all the things that have been done in the past. We have seen some amazing stuff happen in our land. But I also believe that we are at a tipping point right now where we can see the gospel advance at a much faster pace. We are at a tipping point. 
I believe this firmly in my heart that we are at a tipping point where the gospel can advance at a much faster pace. I believe, I want to share this idea and, and it's my prayer that I hope you get it. It's, it's all out there in the scriptures. From the, from the beginning of the scriptures to the end of the scriptures, this entire fabric, this entire thread has been going right from the Old Testament to the New Testament. See, there's this time where Jesus came um, and, and he wept over Jerusalem. Do you remember that in Luke? Let's, let's read that. Luke 19, verse 41 to 42. Reading from the NLT version, it says, But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to what? He began to weep. And this is what he says. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. You know, Jesus is, is kind of, is kind of sobbing, he's weeping uh, that most of the people who were shouting Hosanna, you know, who are, who are kind of welcoming him are going to be, during this joyous procession, are going to be the same people who would be rejecting him in the following week. In fact, they're, they're going to be the same people who are going to be calling for, for his life to be crucified. And, and, he, and he's weeping and, and you see that most of the commentaries of this passage suggest that by rejecting Jesus, these people are also rejecting the peace that came with Jesus. The peace that came with Jesus. And this passage, it takes on a much stronger meaning if we understand what Jesus meant when he used the word peace. When he used the word peace. See, in most of our English Bibles, right, that when we read the Bibles, whichever version is your favorite, let's not get into version wars right now, whichever version is your favorite, as long as it's an English Bible, we see shalom, that is, that is peace that is translated as shalom. In most of the English translations, we see peace that is, that is kind of spoken of. The word shalom that is used, it, it talks about once inner serenity or tranquility it means it it means more than the absence of conflict but like i said i want to kind of cast an idea i want to cast a, a a beautiful picture of the biblical narrative of shalom in the bible there is no singular idea that drives all of the contextualized uses of this word shalom and, and there are three main ways how the word shalom functions in the biblical text. So whether you're referring to the Old Testament or whether you're referring to the New Testament. There are three ways how the, the word shalom functions. Most of the time when we think of shalom, right, we are just operating in the 10%. Somebody say 10%. We are most of the time just referring to it as a, as a 10% and we're like, hey, priest, bro. You know, that's, that's, that's where we start and stop when it comes to shalom. In the biblical context though, yes, it is there. Just 10% was referred to the standardized greetings and the, and the partings. And even today when you go to Israel, you'll, say, you'll see the, the, the Jewish people use it in their lingo, in their greetings, in, the, in their communication. You know, they use this. But it is just 10%. How many? How much? 10%. Going on. You know, it is... The next part, when we talk about a, a peaceful moment, right? In most of the context, when we say peace, 
and, and absence of conflict and, and absence of tension. Yes, it is true. It is there in the biblical narrative. But that is how much? Just 25% of the text, whenever the word peace or shalom is used, just 25% of it is referring to an absence of conflict or an absence of tension. But here's the best part. 65% of the times when the, of, of the words that, of the word that is used in the, in the scriptures, shalom is referring to completeness. Shalom is referring to maturity. Shalom is referring to your overall well-being. Somebody say overall. overall. Oh, come on. Somebody say overall. overall. It's referring to your overall well-being. 65% of the usage of this word. And this is when the Lord started taking me on the journey and, and challenging me and saying, Nanat, why is the church so okay with just 10% of it? Why is the church just practicing 25% of it? Whereas when I refer to Shalom, this is the idea that I have for my people of completeness, of wholeness, of overall well-being. And I'm talking to a bunch of leaders in this room today that you and me need to learn to own up this mandate to first make sure that this becomes a reality in our life and we own up the challenge to make sure that this becomes a reality in the lives of the people God has asked you and called you to lead. And that's what we're going to be dwelling on. See, because in the biblical narrative, human flourishing is a key biblical theme. Human flourishing is a key biblical theme. And the, and the word that is associated in the Old Testament scriptures is this Jewish word shalom. In most 65% of the time, it is always talking about biblical human flourishing. Biblical human flourishing. I love this quote by one of the writers who, who wrote this, Cornelius uh, Plantinga. He says, Plantinga, he says, Shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness and delight. A rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed. He doesn't stop there. He says, it's a state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder in its creator and savior who opens doors and welcomes its, the creatures in whom he delights. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. The way things ought to be. The way things ought to be. I know we are staying in a broken world. I know we are living in a fallen world. I know that, that there are things that the enemy is still trying to cause confusion and fear and doubt and worry. But I also know that the church of Jesus is alive today. 
I also know that Jesus is still building his church. I also know that you are the vessels that the Holy Spirit is using to, to, to advance the message of the gospel. And today I want to challenge you. Give me the permission to disrupt some of the flawed ways of evangelism that we might have subscribed for. Where we want to settle for people to just have a greeting called peace. Or an emoji called peace. Allow me to, to disrupt some of the thinkings that we have subscribed. That peace just means, okay, there's, there's absence of conflict. I believe Jesus wants us to walk out from this conversation. But you and me are going to be talking about a peace that's going to birth and lead to wholeness. I believe Jesus is challenging some people this afternoon where you and me are going to be people who subscribe to a kind of peace that is going to lead to overall well-being. And I'll expound on that in a bit. But you see, shalom, it denotes this right relationship with God. With God, it begins there. It begins there. But it also continues with others. And with God's good creation, it is the way God intended things to be when he created the entire universe. And you see, the biggest need in the mission space is to integrate shalom in the fabrics and the strategies of evangelism. This is the biggest need that you and me need to be aware of as leaders. You know, I'm sure God has graced you. God has gifted you, given you the ability to dream, to pioneer, to create. But what I want to bring you to this, to this moment where as you are building, as you are creating, as you are pioneering new opportunities, new ventures, new ideas to reach the generation, can I ask you to please consider shalom. In your plans. Because it is on the heart of God. Can we not just focus. On sharing Jesus. Giving a skewed idea. Or a limited idea of Jesus. To the people we are reaching out to. Can we just step back. For a couple of. A couple of steps. Take a couple of steps back. And say that in all. That God is calling you to do. How true. Are you staying to the idea of bringing shalom into your conversations? In all that you are doing, are people walking out feeling complete? Is there a sense of wholeness that the gospel is birthing in the lives of people? Is there a sense of is there a sense of true uh, integrity, true holiness, true righteous living that is that is that is being being birthed through all that we are doing and through all that we are imagining? Because the truth is, we all have a long way to go, but we can start somewhere. Let me say, we can start somewhere. We can start somewhere. See, because when 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 it comes to human flourishing, right? Human flourishing is at the core of God's redeeming work. Human flourishing is at the core of uh, God's redeeming work. And God desires that, that we flourish in a holistic manner. You see, right, right in the beginning, when we see the creation, there was perfect shalom. There was perfect shalom in the creation. There was perfect well-being. There was wholeness in the Garden of Eden before the fall. And, and of course, we know the story, so I don't want to dive into that a bit too much. But it was the way God intended things to be. 
And God's plan of redemption is rightly described as shalom because of the result of human flourishing. But you see, here's, here's the idea that I want us to catch as well. How many of you, Jeremiah 29, 11, favorite verse, right? Posted it on Gram, uh, coffee mug, devotions, diary, you know, make sure you add the right filters, put it up, share it out, right? We all have done that. Come on, guys, uh, right? Quoted it so many times. But how about reading a few verses above that? What I love about God, even in your captivity, He desires that you flourish. Even in your brokenness, He desires you flourish. Even in the worst seasons of your life, it is God's desire for you to flourish. So let no man tell you anything otherwise. Let's read that. Jeremiah 29, 7, right? It says what? Seek peace and well-being for the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its peace, somebody say in its peace, will you have peace. I love the Amplified Version. It says, for in its peace, that is what? Well-being, you will have peace. In the peace of the city of Mumbai, you and me will have peace. In the peace and the shalom of Bangalore, you and me will experience peace. In the peace and the shalom and well-being of Pune, you and me will experience peace. So you see what I'm trying to do is expand your thought process to see that peace is not limited to what is just happening in your heart. Because that is already sorted. So don't, don't you worry about that. But what God is, take, is telling you is, I want to partner with you. I want, to, I want you to tag team with me. Get on this journey where you and me can dream together for the flourishing and the shalom of the very land that he has positioned you. Amen. Oh, this is a word for some leaders in this room. Do I have those over here? Amen. You're not here just to craft some outreach initiatives. You and me are here to bring the shalom of God in today's realities. You know, we did, we did, I told you yesterday, uh, we did some crazy things as when we started off journeying uh, as a church. So here's what we did, okay? Story time. It's not about my auntie. Uh, but here's what we did. So we, we got together as a team. Early days, right? How many of you remember church planters? You remember those early days with your team? Right? Pastor Priji, we, we write down the wackiest ideas, right? And, and you think it's wacky, but after you read it three years back, yeah, it's the same idea that someone else did it, and you just wanted to do it in a different way. <laughs> Is it okay if we be like some honest and vulnerable? Is that okay? And, and so we, we got together as a team, and we're just, we're 10 of us. Uh, including me and my wife, we were 10 of us, that's our core team, and, and we said, hey, let's do something together, all right? Uh, and, and it was crazy. By then, all 10 of them were convinced that, that we we're going to start a church, we we're going to dream for our city, we we're going to do something for our city. Okay, we were like, okay, let's do a prayer meet, because church has to pray. Uh, let's do a worship night, uh, because people have to come and worship, 
and uh, Bible study. Yes, thank you. Of course, how did we miss out on that? Uh, because we have to read the Bible. Read your Bible, pray every day. Oh, we all know that, right? And and we like did that. And in that in the in the num in the ten was this twenty year old guy who who was just sitting and listening to us. And he says, "Why are we doing all this?" And I was like, "Man, is the demon speaking through you?" Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, but he's like. He's like, Nanad, you said we are so convinced about going after those who have never heard the gospel. Who are we going to bring in if we do a worship night? Who are we going to bring in if we, if we kickstart Zealous with a Bible study? Who are we going to bring in if we kickstart Zealous with a, with a journey of praying and fasting? The people in our neighborhood, they just love to feast. Forget about fasting. <laughs> now, now, you guys are thinking, hey, what is this guy talking? I'm not against any of those, okay? Uh, I'm just helping you to think of how we can kickstart this journey in a, with a fresh lens. So this is what we did. He said, let's do a pizza party. Right? Pizza party. Uh, if you, uh, taking notes? Pizza party? Uh, <laughs> this is... This is, this is this is royalty-free stuff, okay? So we are not going to... We love it if you try it out. We tried it, and we are like, uh, let's go for it, man. We are waiting for the pandemic restrictions to kind of ease out because we want to go into season two of pizza parties again. You know, so this is what it is. We, we decided our, our neighborhood, our suburb, had a lot of young people, working folks, college students, young families, young couples who are staying there in the neighborhood, and we are like, we want to reach out to them, but we need to start by building community. We need to start by just getting to know each other before we can even tell them that Jesus loves you. Right? Most of the time, we, we kind of skip that part and say, hey, Jesus loves you. <laughs> and that guy's like, bro, I didn't ask you. <laughs> that girl will be like, okay, can I talk about the breakup that I just had? <laughs> I want my boyfriend to love me. I don't need Jesus. Pastor, is it okay if we talk about dating in this conference? Is that okay? Did I cross the line? Just checking, okay? And, and we skip to like this, this thing, right? This song. Skip to the good part. It's not the good part. Yet. We will get to the good part, but wait, hold on. Somebody say, hold on. Get to know them first. Get to know them. And we thought this is a fantastic way to build community. Uh, so, so what we did, we, we kind of got together. We deliberately scheduled pizza party at the month end. You know why? <laughs> College students go broke. <laughs> True story, okay? True story. I used to kind of just... just I never told them, I, the guys who were attending, I never told them I'm a pastor, you know, whatever. I just used to like just journey with these guys, be there. I used to host those evenings build, uh, to kind of just welcome them. So I was just entering this, the, the, the space. This is, I'm not making this up. This is a true phone call that I heard. Bro, free pizzas mil rahe jaldi aja. College guy. And he has no clue who's standing next to him, right? 
uh, and, and I'm happy. Like you get to hear some candid conversations. It's like, bro, free, free pizza, come soon, come soon. So we had people like walking in, like just eating pizzas, going out. They, the last thing they did is stayed back until I started talking, right? But that's fine. That's fine. And and the the challenge that we took upon ourselves is now this is a controversial statement. Again, I made sure that I did not preach to them that evening. I, those entire 90 minutes, we used to just talk about who Zealous is for the last 10 minutes. You want to make it about them the evening? Make it about them. Don't try to slip in your own agenda. Now, I don't know if this is sitting well with you guys because you maybe you have done some crazy outreach events and you've seen some amazing work of God but and and I'm not against any of that. I'm talking to you of reimagining and thinking the future of the church through the lens of shalom. And to do that, you need to be open to be to see what God is laying on your heart. Now I'm not saying pizza parties is for you guys because we were convinced that the Lord gave us this 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 method of doing the thing. For you the method might be different. But all of it was tying back to overall well-being of the people. And, and then, you know, we, we get to hear this, this, these conversations where, you know what, I just want to come and be a part of what you guys are doing because there's some, something different. You know, when I come here, I had a super hectic week, but when I came here, I just felt like that pressure was released from my mind and my heart. What, why in the world... Would free pizza, conversations, and music do that? It's because of the people who decided to sign up for an idea like this, keeping the shalom of people in their mind. Like this one time, so I was wearing shorts, Pastor Prizi. Do you, guys, do you wear shorts? Yes. Yes. No wonder we are in the same room, okay? Uh, so one pizza party, I decide I'll wear shorts and come and I'll host. And somehow, okay, like I said, I did not tell this. There's a whole bunch of college guys who had come and they, they were enjoying, they're having a gala time. And one of these guys, he looked like one of those studious types. He comes to me and he's like, I need to talk to you. I was like, okay, please talk to me. Usually I should be the one who would be saying that. But... Uh, <laughs> He's like, I, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. He takes me to the side and he's like, he makes a serious face. I have a question for you. I said, okay, bro, what's up? I just got to know that you are a pastor. I said, okay. But I have this question. I said, please go ahead and ask. Are you allowed to wear shorts? <laughs> now, now, before you laugh, Okay, before, before you laugh, I need to tell you the genuineness in that question. He was not mocking me. He was not mocking me. That is how much of a falsified idea people have about leaders who carry the message of truth. And, and, and I kind of took it up in a very honest way. I said, okay, bro, uh, but are you really allowed to do this? He asked me. I was like, okay, is there a prescribed... Uh, wardrobe that you think I should adapt to? Please tell me. He's like, no, I thought you're supposed to wear only robes. 
and 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 those garments i was like okay sorry if i disappointed you but this is this is how i am right and what i learned from that was i i really didn't feel like laughing at that conversation because we have been so busy looking at the glorious side of evangelism we have forgotten the basics of what it means to connect with people and i'm not asking you to sacrifice one at the cost of the other what i'm asking you to do is can we start from the grassroots up to see how can we establish the human connect that jesus was so faithful it's something that took jesus to lay aside his his role his title and go and dine with zacchaeus It's something that that Jesus modeled for you and me when he picked Matthew as a tax collector to be his disciple. It's something different when Jesus picked up Judas who knew the entire story of how his life is going to pan out. He still journeyed with them. So I'm not asking you to sacrifice your message. I'm asking you to adapt some new methods. The message is still the same. the message is still the same but it's time our methods change it's time our methods change cuz i'll tell you something you want to flourish how many of you want to flourish if it's god's desire for shalom to be established in everyone if it's god's desire for human flourishing to be a reality of your life Here's something that God taught me and I'm I'm still on this journey where this is still becoming a reality in my life. We truly flourish when we help others flourish. We truly help we truly flourish when we help others flourish. Cuz human flourishing it's highly communal. It's not about yourself. it's not about the the that one community that god is forming it's about the larger community that god wants to reach through that community and if all the planters if the church leaders if the if the people who are caught up in different roles of churches and building communities together i want you to come and stand with your lead pastor come and stand with your lead church planter and push them and nudge them and ask them pastor leader how are we seeking the shalom of our neighborhood not the shalom of your church spaces not the shalom of your church spaces the lord sometimes had to rebuke me and i'll tell you something rebuke from god is a good thing rebuke from god is a good thing the lord had to rebuke me and say nana why are you trying to to kind of you know just just try and and make sure that zealous gets an identity in the neighborhood i will do that i will do that and i feel like sharing this to some of the leaders you don't need to validate the promise that you have received from god it is god's responsibility to validate that promise over your life 
your responsibility and my responsibility is to be faithful to that promise. If you're looking for validation from men, I'm telling you, you'll be happy in one moment, you'll be sad in another moment. You'll be joyful in another moment, you'll be depressed in another moment. You'll be singing and celebrating with them and then you'll be cursing and cursing them in another season and another moment. Validation comes from God. Validation comes from God. And I want to tell you, please don't go on the journey of trying to validate every God dream of yours through the lens of man. God has given you counsel. God has given you mentors. God has given you leaders. Stay faithful to them. Stay open to them. But don't you go out seeking the validation of every Tom, Dick and Harry who's trying to tell you otherwise. And this is not you and me being arrogant. This is you and me being open and sensitive. Where we subscribe to the counsel that God has laid upon your life. You don't, you don't mess around with that. But you also don't go on the journey of seeking and pleasing every single person to see what God is helping you see. The vision is for an appointed time. The Bible says that, right? I'm not saying this. So it will come to pass. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I'm telling you, don't go after the validation of man. Don't go after the validation of man. If shalom, well-being, wholeness, restfulness is what Jesus wants you to experience, he will make sure that he sets you up in spaces. He takes you in, in conversations. He puts you in certain tables where you don't even belong. But because of your desire to bring shalom in that neighborhood, in that setting, in those communities, in those peoples, in those tribes, he will make sure that he'll fulfill all the things that he's spoken to you about. What I want to ask you is, are you being faithful? Are you being responsible? Are you being diligent? Are you practicing your, your craft? You know, one of my, one of my leaders, you know, uh, the founding pastors of our network, Kevin Liu, he, he, he says this so well. He's like, many Christians don't practice their craft. And that is the reason why they never have cutting edge stuff. You're gifted in the, in the, in the, in the field of, of, you know, making sure that things function well. You have this gift of administration. You have this gift of, of, of kind of thinking 10,000 things at this time because you have this gift of planning. But how much are you putting it into practice? You have this gift where God knows how to stir you up to speak well. You have this gift of speaking well. You have this gift of, of leading worship well. And yet you limit to a band practice. You limit to a Sunday set to tell you how good or how bad you sound. You have the gift of, of kind of bringing in people in one room and lighting up that room, but yet you wait for another youth meeting to kind of go out there and get people in the room. Community living is very different. It's organic, but it is also consistent. So look back into the skills, look back into the gifts that God has laid on your heart and ask yourself, are you being consistent with your gift? Are you practicing your craft on a consistent basis so that you can build it up so that you don't need to wait for another showreel moment of your life because those will be very few. But perfect your craft. Perfect your craft. You're still dreaming and believing. 
for God to establish shalom through your lives. You're still dreaming and believing that Jesus would fulfill all that he wants to do through your churches. See, because I don't know about you, when Jesus said, peace I leave with you, John 14, 27, amplified. Peace I leave with you, my what? My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you what? Courage and strength for every challenge. Perfect peace. When God speaks shalom over your life, right? He speaks it over all the aspects of your life. Shalom is not just for your spiritual life. The peace of God is not just for your spiritual life. It, it, it translates and it transcends into all the areas of your life. It's time that the church models the, the shalom of God in their emotions, through their emotional life. It's time that the church models the shalom of God through their businesses. It's time that the church models the shalom through relationships. It's time that the church models shalom through the way we do life, through the way we do things. There is something different and cutting edge about the people of God because the shalom is being released through our lives. When you sit in the conversation, with the way you handle conversations, when you show up to work, you are about fulfilling and, and releasing the shalom of God at your workplace. You can't be a glorious Christ follower in church and a reckless worker at your workplace. I told you the, the Lord rebuked me, right? This was one of those instances. I can't challenge people from the stage and, and tell them about diligence and excellence and not practice excellence myself. This is what I'm talking about. We are so good at speaking. I'm telling you, man, the easiest things to do sometimes is come up here, take a mic, and just talk to people. But I'm here to challenge you to live it out. To model it out. To model it out. Yes, we will mess up. We will make mistakes. That is okay because at least you have the intention to model it out. At least you're putting in those hard work. You're putting in those hours to model it out. Somebody say, I want to model it out. I want to live it out. I don't just want to talk about it. I want to live it out. This 2022, in Jesus' name, I will live out. I will model it out. The shalom of God. The shalom of God. Remember the time where Peter and John were arrested in the book of Acts. They were arrested. Why? They were so bold. They, they, they healed the guy. And they were in prison. So if you think the disciples went to prison for their good works, what makes you think that it's going to be easy for you? They didn't kill a man. They didn't rob anybody. They didn't cheat anybody. He said, silver or gold, I have none, but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, what? And they went to prison. But there's something different in that conversation when they were talking to the leaders. This is what it says, right? The council members, there will always be a council. When you try to do something out of the box, 
There'll always be people who tell you, no, this is not how it's been done. Our forefathers did it in different ways. There's always this bunch of people who will try to ridicule a God idea that you're trying to set in motion. I'll tell you something. 22 years of age, I stepped into full-time missions. I quit my, I quit my job and, and because I was convinced in my heart that God had called me out for full-time missions. You know what broke me? I, was, I loved catching up with pastors uh, just to kind of acknowledge and, and build my life. And I, I was sitting in a, in a coffee shop just catching up with the pastor. And he told me on my face, you have made a mistake, Ninad. You should be focusing on your career. I think you have made a mistake. You have jumped the gun. You should be focusing on your career. Man, I was crushed. I was crushed. Now, nothing against giving counsel, right? But I, I wonder if, if that pastor, before he gave me that critique, he would have understood the creative God moment that had happened in my life where I didn't just jump the gun of, of diving into ministry when I heard the word, when I, when I got the impression from the Lord, I prayed about it for 18 months. So as long as you're being diligent to the impressions and the leadings of the Lord, I hope there are pastors and leaders in this room who can kind of, you know, fan the flame rather than just cut it off just because you don't think people are ready. That's that's the, that's the God people that we need to be as leaders. That's, a, that's the kind of leadership that we need in the church. Yes, correct them, man. Go ahead and correct them. Go ahead, rebuke them. Go ahead, counsel them. But don't curb what God is trying to do through their lives. This is what we see happen in this council. Turn with me to Acts 4.13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men. Somebody say ordinary men. With no special training. Didn't go to Bible college. Didn't take a course on, on Udemy or uh, whatever these edtech platforms that are there these days. They were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had what? Been with Jesus. But since they could not see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing that the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves, what should we do with these men? They asked each other, we can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. This is another example of what I said sometime back. Our life needs to be modeled also through our works. And we see this over here. Peter and John just didn't say good words to them. Hey, be healed. I'll pray for you, bro, when I go back home. Uh, no, no, wait. I've got a talk that's happening right now in the synagogue. Can I just come back to you? They modeled it. They had a real life example in front of them for the council to see. That's what I'm talking about when I speak of modeling out the shalom of God. This is a classic example of what wholeness means. How many years was this guy waiting for his healing? Scriptures say about 40 years. 40 years he was waiting for someone to heal him. I'll tell you something. When, when a pattern is modeled to us, it's totally up to you if you want to disrupt the pattern when God is with you or you want to kind of continue subscribing to the same pattern. What can change the lives of people 
is when you do something like this. You don't just give them the arms and, and like the money that they need just so that their, their life can be continued. What Peter and John gave, he gave this man a new start. You and me are called not to just share the good news and leave them where they are. You and me are called to release the people of God into their God-given destiny and future. That is the kind of people Jesus wants to raise through his church. I'm so encouraged, you know, that I, I got to hear a couple of stories in this room of, of where you were some years back and where God has brought you. And, and thank God for trusted leaders where God put in those in your life, in that timeline of yours. But I believe that can happen now at an exponential level when you take the mandate of shalom upon yourself. So, so what, what all you guys have been able to pioneer in, in this time, God can accelerate that if you are willing to integrate the fabric of shalom. If you're willing to tweak the fabric of evangelism and integrate the thread of shalom into all that you say, into all that you do, into all that you dream, in all that you envision, in all that you desire to do going forward. Because whether you like it or no, Shalom is a biblical narrative there, right there in the scriptures. And so as I wrap this up, a deeper and a fuller meaning of shalom, it changes the entire game for evangelism. When you and me have this revelation of what Jesus wants us to accomplish and release on earth, the entire narrative conversation of evangelism changes. That's when the, the kind of Jesus people experience in these settings and the kind of Jesus that they, that they experience in the private setting, they start looking similar. They start looking similar. It's not like it's a skewed version of what you see and experience here versus a skewed version of what you see and experience in your private lives. They, they have to match up. They have to match up. So I truly hope that we become people who are passionate to cultivate environments and opportunities to see the shalom of God in our lives. It's, it's crazy how much time we might have lost when we were just so focused on reaching out to people but not knowing what to do with their lives when they have been reached. That is the kind of the gospel that you and me have signed up for. But the gospel that the disciples and the apostles signed up for, they made sure that their lives were not left at that same place where they encountered Jesus. Yes, people backed out. People went away. People kind of gave up their faith. All of that might happen when you try to subscribe to this, this line of thought. But at least you and me are staying faithful to God's true narrative to God's true mandate. And so when Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 9, in the Amplified Version, he says, Blessed, that is spiritually calm with life joy in God's favor, are the makers and the maintainers of peace. For they express his character and we call the sons of God. Guys, God is calling us be advocates of shalom. God is calling us to be mouthpieces of shalom. 
God is calling us to be pioneers and cultivators of shalom. In your circles, wherever you have been positioned, wherever God is leading you, wherever you are spending the most amount of your time, you and me have been certified through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, to be the mouthpieces of shalom. And that's what changes the entire fabric of evangelism where today the good news is not just Jesus saves you and it's your escape ticket to heaven, but Jesus saves you, he's going to redeem you and he's going to continue renewing you until we meet him one day face to face. That is the beauty of the gospel message that you and me get to be a part of. So don't you stay happy with that 10%. Don't you stay, you know, just... just just very content with that 25%. But I hope there are people in this room who are willing to dive in to make that 65% a reality in this 2022 and beyond. The wholeness of God, the completeness of God, the overall well-being. You know, this is why some of the things that contradict in my, in my mind how can you be saved, believe in Jesus who is the Prince of Peace and still continue to live with emotional baggage? What changed? God didn't change. But we stopped the impact of shalom on our emotional life. We thought shalom is going to be very good the peace of God is going to be just enough for my spiritual journey, but it can't trickle into my emotional and my physical space. What made you think that the God who says that I will, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory, limit the shalom of God in your material wealth? What made us give in to this idea that poverty is going to be a part of my life when I have Jesus with me? God didn't change. Our application of the principle and the, and the truth of shalom got limited. And I hope that today you would allow the Holy Spirit to take those lids off. So that we can have a fuller, stronger and a deeper revelation of the shalom of God. Can we pray together? Father, we just pray for an outpouring of your creative DNA, Lord in every single person in this room. I pray for a creative flow, oh God. Lord, you're the creator of heavens and the earth. You're the master creator, oh God. And Father, because of you, because of your Holy Spirit, we can play the best tag team ever when it comes to pioneering and creating. I pray, Lord, that there would be new ideas to reach out our land. I pray, God, for a new pioneering methods and innovative methods, Lord, to pioneer the gospel and advance it at a much faster rate, advance it at a much healthier way, oh God, much deeper way, much stronger way. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, these people will be the leaders of the future communities. Oh God, thank you for the pioneering spirit in this room, Lord. Oh, I pray for an overflow overflow God of that pioneering DNA God from heaven 
Lord, I pray for that pioneering DNA from heaven, Lord. Let it be a part and portion of, of all these people, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, in all of this, teach us to be obedient. Teach us to be diligent. Teach us to be faithful stewards of the gospel message. Give us an appetite to listen before we speak. Give us an appetite, Lord, to seek you first before we venture out into our ideas. Lord, give us a hunger and a thirst, Lord, to know you better before we make you known. And teach us, O oh God, to model out your kingdom and not just speak about it. In Jesus' name we pray.